The following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com. I won! Yahoo! Private, put down your phone. This is the army. Sarge, High Five Casino is a social casino. It's on your phone, goes wherever you go. I win free spins, cash, prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. I won again! Platoon, present cell phone. High Five! High Five! Casino! Casino! Win at High Five Casino! High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. The BMW i4 M50. It's 100% electric and 100% BMW. Experience the power of over 500 horses stampeding at a whisper as BMW M-engineered handling takes you through every twist and turn. The complete suite of intuitive technology keeps you connected. The pure performance keeps your heart racing. The BMW i4 M50. Silence has never said so much. BMW, the ultimate electric driving machine. Welcome to Fitness Disrupted, a production of iHeartRadio. I am Tom Holland, and this is Fitness Disrupted. I had a difficult time walking up the two flights of stairs to this studio today, and I'm going to talk about why. And I love to do shows and will only do shows when I'm passionate about them. Received a direct message from someone the other day saying how they love the show and they especially like when I get worked up. <laughs> and whenever I get worked up, I always feel guilty. Is that the right word? Just, you know, I was taught Irish Catholic raised crazy six boy family just you know be seen and not heard <laughs> but i get it so you know that is one of the most amazing things about where i am in my career is that i get to choose what i talk about and when i talk about it and i want to bring you and will only bring you the best information cuz this is too important we're talking about your life how long you live, and how well you live. And so, yes, today I'm going to talk about a race I did. Today is two days out, and that's the beauty. It's a Tuesday. This show will air tomorrow. And I did the race that I'm going to talk about two days ago, Sunday. Still sore. Delayed onset muscle soreness. So I was sore yesterday, and I'm a little bit more sore today as many of you can empathize with that have worked out, done anything physical for the first time or more than normal. I did a show on that, Delayed Onset Muscle Soreness, why, yes, you're generally sore a day after, something new, something harder, but it's the two days after. But I'm also going to talk about how you can help alleviate that a little bit, can't avoid it really, and when you, by the way, see products that tell you, just saw one yesterday, Avoid delayed onset muscle soreness. No, it, it's tiny micro tears in your muscle tissue. They have to repair themselves. Can't avoid it. You can minimize it a little bit, depending on what you do, but can't avoid it. And truthfully, I love this feeling. It shows I did something. I did something really fun. I collected, yes, another amazing experience at 52. Did the Vermont 50K. And so this is. A race report, a verbal race report, audio. And what's interesting is triathletes, marathoners, oftentimes, whatever race, they will write race reports up. Now with the internet, you post them. I've never really been someone to write them, but I love talking about them. It's different for me. For whatever reason, just not motivated to put it, you know, unless it's a book or something like that, but this is fun. And it's, and it's in the moment, and it's now. And I did one about the rim to rim to rim, 
So if you haven't heard that one, one of my most favorite experiences ever, and I've had a lot, where ran across the Grand Canyon and back during COVID, races were shut down and needed a challenge, needed something different, needed something to get away from the craziness. And that was amazing. And I recorded that show right after as well. And my amazing producer also added some audio to that, little sound effects, make it even better. So if you haven't heard that one and you're into this type of stuff, that's my rim to rim to rim race report. And today's going to be about the Vermont 50K, not as far, <laughs> but just as amazing. Well, the Grand Canyon was a little more amazing, but this was still up there. I hate comparing. You know, people always ask, what was your favorite Ironman? What was your favorite marathon? I get it. And I'll give you reasons, but they're all good. They're all different. You, you learn something, you get something, you experience something different with each and every one. Okay, quick break. When we come back, the Vermont 50K, which is 31 miles for those uh, Americans like myself who aren't good at making that conversion. So I'm going to talk about the nutrition, the gear, the physical and the mental that went with it. So it matters not if you're not a runner, as many of you are not or you don't compete, you don't care about doing races, it doesn't matter. This goes to nutrition, that goes to hydration, goes to preparation and chafing and shoes, and especially the mental side of it all, and self-efficacy, confidence. All right, quick break, we'll be right back. The Vermont 50K, a race report. Casino is a social casino with real prizes and big Vegas hits at HighFiveCasino.com. The hottest games right from Vegas and all winnings go straight to your bank account. Hundreds of exclusive games, free daily rewards, and come back to get free coins every four hours. Only at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details at HighTheNumber5Casino.com. High Five Casino. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, stay connected wherever you go and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. Powering applications like real-time GPS and voice assistant, navigation becomes a breeze. Even on the practice field, AT&T in-car Wi-Fi keeps you connected while in proximity of your vehicle. Work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. See if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. Don't let connectivity be a roadblock in your journey. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. And we are back. The Vermont 50K is a race I had heard of for many years. And what's unique about it is they're bikers and runners that do this race simultaneously uh, on the same course. You know, it veers off in different ways, but essentially on the same course. I was running with bikers and the bikers are doing 50 miles. There are two options for the runners which is 50 miles and 50 kilometers. I opted for the 50 kilometer. <laughs> I have done a 50 miler. I did the JFK 50 miler many years ago. Well, not many years ago, but years ago. Uh, incredible experience as well. And so anything over 26.2 miles is considered an ultra marathon for those of you who don't know. So it can be anything. It could be 30 miles, uh, 40, whatever, 100. You get crazy distances, but anything over a traditional marathon distance is considered an ultra marathon, but they generally have those standard type distances like 50 kilometers, 100 kilometers, 50 miles, things like that. And I know some of you are going, oh my gosh, that sounds insane. How can you possibly do that? And a huge part of this show and everything I do is to say to you, all those things you think you can't do, you can Maybe you don't want to. That's different. 
You don't have to. And I always say, you know, uh, there is a huge mental reason why people like me do this as well. There's so many reasons. I'm going to talk about them. They're positives. But I was the kid on the bench my entire childhood with incredible shin splints, incredible ankle issues, taped all the time, sitting on the bench for football, sitting on the bench for soccer, in pain, couldn't run. So to think I do what I do now, if I had believed I couldn't, I'm living proof of everything I talk about. All right, so I signed up for this because of the guy I ran across the Grand Canyon with. He is a true ultra marathoner, and he told me he was doing this. He had done it before, and I asked if I could (laughs) tag along again. And as I've said before, everyone needs a great ultra marathon type partner. Perfect friendship we have now. You know, the Grand Canyon and now this event, just an incredible combination of exercise and travel and experience that I'm going to talk about. So he was signing up. I said, I'll do it too. And I am training officially for Ironman Florida, which is on November 6th, about six weeks away. And so what you do is you have, that is considered my, or that's what I consider my A race. And then you have B races and C races. Now for me, there are more training days. So in other words, your goal is to go as fast as you can on that A race. One mistake I would argue so many people make is they make them all A races. So this race for me wasn't a race. In other words, I cared not how fast I went. In truth of fact, I actually wanted to be out there as long as I could. (laughs) Now, of course, I'm going to run and I'm going to, you know, do what I needed to do. But my point is that you can't go fast all the time. And I've talked about this before because it's so important. And thanks to social media and things like that, people don't want to post slow times. I understand it. And my training partner was even talking about going and looking up uh, other people's times for certain reasons and things like that. And not only do I go slowly on in races like this because it's not my A race and I'm using it as what? Uh, this was seven and a half hours. It's a long time. And if you do the math, it's like 15 minute miles, but it's hilly, it's super rocky. And uh, I'll talk about, I fell a bunch of times, but you also, you go into aid stations and we stopped and refilled water and did things like that, bathroom breaks, things like that. So I cared not how fast I went. And we were running much faster than 15 minute miles, but when it all, you know, comes out at the end, that's what it comes out to. I don't care. I don't care. And that's really hard for so many people to do who are doing races like Ironman Florida and, and I'm going to try to go fast there. That's my goal. I have specific goals, but that's the goal. It's to back to being competitive. But my point is, if you are one of those people and you are doing other races, smaller races to prepare for that bigger one, the, the big one, you have to be willing to go slow. Because one of the reasons, yes, I'm sore, but I'm, I am shocked at how I'm not incredibly sore. And a huge part of that is because I went slowly and I did those walk breaks at the aid stations and things like that because you can't leave it in training. And this goes for everything in life too. All right. So this is my, was my like, depending on what you count, fifth or sixth ultra marathon. I said I did that JFK 50 miler years ago. I did the run to the sun I've talked about. Oh my gosh. Amazing. Starting at sea level, the Maui mall. And we ran to the top of Mount Haleakala, which is 10,000 plus feet. Uh, That was 36 miles. I did the Bear Mountain 50K. That was the other 50K race I did. Brutal. Just up and down, up and down hills. uh, Just wholly slow and and just hard. And I did two 30-mile treadmill runs before book launches, book signings years ago as well. So a little bit of experience, but I don't consider myself an ultramarathoner by any stretch. Um, I don't even consider myself a triathlete or a cyclist. I'm just someone who needs goals and loves fitness and loves to travel and loves to feel good. And I really want to emphasize all of those things. And if you want to be a marathoner and and that's, uh, you know, what you want to be known as, that's fine. But it gets problematic when it's not what you do. It's who you are. Topic for another show. But I love it. And I just want to go experience it. And this was a training day. All right. So 
Vermont, unbelievable. I live in Connecticut, so a little bit of a trip up there. Luckily, my training partner drove, which I was so happy about because uh, (laughs) the race is challenging, but I find the drive home from the race or the plane ride home from South Korea, Malaysia, harder than the race itself. Sitting still, horrendous. So uh, very happy that he offered to drive. Um, And this is a trail race. And as I said, there are bikers and uh, runners doing 50 miles as well. They start a little bit earlier. Uh, We started at 8, which is kind of late for races. But the bikers went off at 6.30. And I believe the 50 milers went off at 5.30. So started in the dark. Uh, incredible atmosphere. And I have to say this for those of you who are triathletes, marathoners, things like that, maybe haven't done an ultra yet or are thinking about it. It is so different. It is so nice. Now, there's positives to all of the above, and I've done them all and will continue to do them all, but they're different. Ultra marathoners, much more laid back. It's not that competitive. Everyone's kind of sizing each other up and I call it the peacock parade, wearing around their best race t-shirts and things like that. And I'm guilty of all those things too, especially back in the day. But now that I'm older, accomplished a lot of things, it's really nice to have this just laid back race atmosphere where everyone is kind of supportive in a unique way. And it's just, there's so much less that palpable stress, you know, that's the five or 10 minutes before a race starts or 30 minutes, whatever. And even the days leading up, if you're staying you know, in a hotel with the people, it's just really nice. It's different. And I love it. It's one of the many things now I love about ultras and why I'm adding those into the mix. Uh, it's just different in a very, very positive way. And now the strategy. It was a training day, as I said. Works out perfectly. I had just done a half marathon last weekend, you know, 13 miles. And because I'd done that and I actually did run that one relatively fast. I knew that I needed to pull back a little bit and was going longer distance, much longer distance. And then I have a marathon in three weeks and then the Ironman in six weeks. So all of these things worked out perfectly. And by the way, that's how I planned out my program. I looked around for races, big Excel chart, and started dropping them in where and when they made sense and built up and then pulled back and will pull back. All right. So one of the biggest approaches or things to realize about something like this is, you know, your goals not only affect your enjoyment, but your performance in that next race. And so all pressure was off. All pressure was off. And one really fun kind of different twist to this whole race report was I had a friend who read a lot of times online, they will post the starter list. And a friend from high school emailed me out of the blue, hadn't seen him in decades, said, hey, I see you're doing this race. So am I. Awesome. So now I'm going to reconnect with a friend I haven't seen in over 20 years. And I ended up running the entire race with him. So yet another incredible benefit of setting goals for yourself, of traveling, of challenging yourself, I got to reconnect with an old friend and spend the most incredible seven hours catching up. Amazing, amazing, amazing. And the line for me is one final time about going slowly and wanting to be, you know, uh, out there for a while. It's time on your feet, right? So there's a difference between running three, you know, hours for a marathon, four hours fast, and running seven hours a little slower. The the three hours fast beats you up a heck of a lot more than what I did. As counterintuitive as that can be, going longer distances and even the technical going up and down, time on your feet is what I was going for, right? Slow and that kind of training effect. Now, here's a fun thing for you, the gear and the nutrition and the hydration. So I don't care what the weather's going to be. I don't, I, I, it, If it rains, I've trained in it. If it's cold, I've trained in it. If it's hot, okay. Can't control that. I control what I can. And so I was only spending one night in a hotel. And this is also what I love about my travel training partner or racing partner. We don't even train together. (laughs) Uh, He wanted to drive up the afternoon, you know, in the afternoon, the night before. We pick up our bib numbers and then wake up 
do the race, jump back in the car, go home. Love it. Love how I got kids. I got other things to do. I want to enjoy it, but I don't want to waste too much time. And so one big bag, though, I packed because I'm packing for any conditions. If it's rainy, if it's cold, I've got my ultralight rain jacket. I've got, uh, you know, gloves. I've got arm warmers I can roll down. I've got sweats. I've got a throwaway shirt or three that you wear to the start line. And then you either throw it away right when the gun goes off or you wear it for a couple miles and you leave it at an aid station. So just pack for all conditions. And this is a really important point. You know, when I coached that charity for so many years and coached those clients for so many years, this is what I would hammer home. You can't control the conditions. You can't control the course. So don't worry about it. Yeah, it was going to be hilly. But I know that going in. The weather, I have no control over that. But I can control what? How I dress for it and prepare for it. And I can train in it. I can train in it. And truthfully, as I, every time I say that, I think of my brother who, when he read one of my first books, I asked him to proofread it. And I said, honestly, somewhere. And he goes, his note to me was, aren't you always honest? Why are you even saying that? But your training, if you are competing, should be more challenging than the race itself. Because by the time the race comes and you've tapered down, you've gone through the hardest stuff. Race is easier. It's so counterintuitive, but it plays into exactly those messages I give you about nutrition and exercise. That when you reach the maintenance phase that I am at and have been for a really long time, you put in the hard work and you, you try things you maybe don't like, foods and, and exercise uh, modalities and routines, it gets so much easier and it's counterintuitive. And that's great news. Uh, so packed for all conditions. I also got a new running vest. I talked about this in the rim to rim to rim. I had never used a running vest till I ran across the Grand Canyon and back and I'm addicted to them now. So, so many different styles and sizes and pockets and things you can bring with you, but it's basically a really lightweight vest that carries water and everything you need. And now for any run that's around an hour or more, I wear this. And so... The one I wore for the Grand Canyon was big because I had to carry everything for 50, right around 50 miles. This was only going only gonna to be, and see, it's all relative, everybody. You know, if I had told my eight-year-old self, 10-year-old self that I was going to say I only ran 31 miles, I'd say, you're nuts. But I didn't need a, as big a vest, and they can get heavy depending on how big they are and how far you need to go and how much you need to carry. And there were aid stations in this race. No aid stations in the Grand Canyon. All that's there are water, fountains along the route, everything else you got to bring with you. So I bought a new vest, much smaller, much more lightweight for this race. I did violate the rule that I've written in all my books. And those of you who, you know, do races have heard before, never try anything new on race day. I'm okay with certain things. And that goes to the self-efficacy. Now, you don't want to chant certain things, of course. Uh, and you have to be willing to pay the price if you do, but I was okay with wearing this on race day. Put it on, kind of walked around with it on, said, I'm good to go. New shoes as well. Now, these were new shoes for me, but I'd worn that brand before, but I hadn't worn these in a little while. Saucony 3D Grid Hurricanes, uh, to be specific, and I wanted new shoes. Again, you'll read, and I even wrote years ago, they used to say you had to break shoes in. I, I now, after experience... Say, you know, I don't have to. I actually like the cushioning that comes with brand new shoes. So wore these the first time on race day. Wore them around again, just like I put on the vest, wore that around the house for, you know, five minutes. I put on the shoes, wore them around for five minutes. Good to go. And then I had uh, headphones, new headphones I had brought in case I wanted to listen to music, which I didn't. Carried them in that vest, never went to them because I was running with this friend. We talked for seven hours. All right, so that was the gear. Now... What's really important to you, regardless of if you compete or not, if you run or not, let's talk about the nutrition, the hydration, carbohydrates, and this plays into all the myths and fallacies about energy and carbohydrates and proteins and fats and things like that. All right, so final break. When we come back and we get into that, the race itself and my takeaway, okay, and what you can take away from it as well. All right, final break. We'll be right back.
The following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com. Welcome to Burger Yippee. Would you like a hot apple pie today? Yes, yes, yeah, I won. Woohoo! So that's a yes on the apple pie? I just went big time playing high five casino on my phone. Real cash prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. Yeah. So yes or no on the apple pie? Whoa! <laughs> I won again. I'll take that as a yes. Drive around. Have you had your high five moment today? Only at highfivecasino.com. High five casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High five casino. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, stay connected wherever you go and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. Powering applications like real-time GPS and voice assistant, navigation becomes a breeze. Even on the practice field, AT&T in-car Wi-Fi keeps you connected while in proximity of your vehicle. Work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. See if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. Don't let connectivity be a roadblock in your journey. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't get distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. And we are back. I'm talking about the Vermont 50K. I did the run a couple days ago. My legs are still sore as I stand here, as I do uh, when I record these podcasts. Not a big fan of sitting. As I said earlier, it's more painful to me than running or biking or moving. We're meant, we were, were born to move. We were meant to move. And I really believe that the more we move, the more our bodies tell us not to sit still. All right. So here, let's talk about the nutrition and the hydration. It's the most important part. So when people say, oh my gosh, I can't believe you run 30 miles, 50 miles, do an Ironman, whatever. I say, yes, you can. You, everyone can. It's about fueling is a huge part of it. Of course, training is important, but the fueling and the mental side, and this is for everybody, that's everything. Got to have the right fuel. Have to do it correctly. And that's an imperfect science. The most difficult book for me to write was my sports nutrition one about triathlon, swim, bike, run, eat, because it is so individualistic, but there's still rules. There's still carbs and, and hydration and, and you know, uh, how our bodies utilize these energy, forms of energy, substrates and things like that. So carbs are our body's preferred energy source, people. So what do I do pre-race? Because I'm dieting down to get as light as possible, this is a challenge because I'm taking in fewer calories, but I can't undershoot it. I have made that mistake in the past. So what do I use? The two days before race, I used to do it three days, but now two days before, I used to drink something called CarboForce. They were something you'd buy in the store, 400 calories of straight carbs, 100 grams of carbs. Carbs have four calories per gram, so 400 calories, simple math, and I would drink three to six. <laughs> in the days leading up to the race to overcompensate, supercompensate, get my fuel stores topped off, basically fill up the fuel tank. And I had huge success with that. Well, they discontinued those. I have people still reaching out to me today who read my books and say, Tom, where do I get the CarboForce drinks? You cannot, you can get it in powder form now. So I mixed up a bike bottle, water bottle with 600 calories. You don't want it too thick. So basically three servings, 200 calories per serving for this form of CarboForce. And I just drank it throughout the day, two days before. Actually, no, I'm sorry. For this race, it was one day before. So adding more carbs and calories in the day before. So just drinking carbs, adding that additional energy source the day before. Then that night, my training or a travel partner rather and race partner and I and the friend from high school, we all met and we had pasta, pasta dinner, place in Vermont, like hole in the wall, amazing, sitting out back at uh, <laughs> like a uh, miniature golf place and just really plain spaghetti and meatballs, people. Okay. More pasta, as simple as possible, carbs. And we had it early because I want to get that through my system. So it was about five o'clock the night before. All right. Also had some wine and they had a beer each. And years ago, I would have thought that was crazy. And I remember seeing some people do that and they're usually the veterans. And you're going, what are you doing and why are you doing it? 
Work hard, play hard. Now that's it. One glass, but it was nice. Not going to hurt me. (laughs) And it's just part of the whole process, the relaxation before. All right. Then that night, went to bed early for me. I had, and I brought this with me, two Ziploc bags with, let me do the math here, it was around 500 calories of oatmeal in each bag, dried oatmeal. And these hotels have what? Microwaves. And if they don't have microwaves, I use the coffee maker to make my oatmeal. Sometimes I've just eaten it cold too, water and oatmeal, but another phenomenal source of carbohydrates for me before a race. So carbo-force drinks throughout the day, huge thing of pasta. And by the way, I had other food throughout the day, but you don't need to hear about that. Not much. These were the main things that I was specifically focused on utilizing for the race. So carbo-force drink, pasta, and then oatmeal right before I went to bed, around 500 calories of that. And what I do, staying up right before I went to bed, spending about a half hour getting everything ready for the morning. Now, I don't really get nervous for these things anymore. I've done a lot of them, but there's always a little bit. You're rushing around maybe, but you don't want to rush around, right? So you control what you can. Can't control the weather, but I can control everything in that room. So I have the race vest. Within that race vest, I have two 16-ounce water bottles, flasks. So I filled those night before with my Gatorade endurance powder and formula and put those in the bike bottles or the water bottles rather, and those go in the uh, refrigerator, cold overnight. And what I also put in that race vest, so you've got the two 16-ounce water bottles with Gatorade Endurance, and that has what? This is super important, people. Yes, you can drink water. No, you don't have to drink Gatorade. No, uh, you know, whatever sports drink you want. But here's what I need, which is what I need, and what most people need when you're going to exercise for a long period of time. Fluids, carbohydrates, and electrolytes. Now, any way you want to get those, fine. Liquid form's the easiest. Semi-solid, a little easier, or you know, a little harder on the stomach. And solids is the toughest on your GI system. So drinking, or gels, or food. And so that's what I had ready to go. And I had three additional packets of that powder in my vest as well. So when I went to the aid stations, I was going to grab either their form of electrolyte solution, which was not this, and especially in Vermont, you know, they had like very non-commercial versions of everything at the aid stations, all right? So I had it with me, and I used both, as I will say shortly, but three extra packs of Gatorade Endurance. I also had five gels, so semi-solids. So a gel has about 200 calories, depending on the gel you have of carbohydrates. You need fuel. And so I'm going to get my energy from the drinks, from the Gatorade. I'm going to get it from the gels. And I was going to take in one every hour. I usually take them a little more frequently than that, but I was also going to get stuff from the aid stations and I didn't want to carry too much with me. I brought a salt vial, which is just salt that I will take in additionally in case I start cramping. Didn't need it this event wasn't sweating that much and was getting sodium in the Gatorade. That's the electrolytes, people. Super important, especially when you're a sweater like I am and if the conditions are really hot. And finally, shooting for around 200 to 400 calories per hour, I'm going to take in and around 16 to 32 ounces of fluid per hour. And the eight stations are every five to six miles. So this is the math you do. So five to six miles. Now, again, slow pace but let's use 10 minute miles as a round number. So around every hour, gonna hit the aid stations. So this is the math you do and the strategy you utilize when you're doing these type of events. All right, so everything out the night before, got everything ready, my clothes, my heart rate monitor, my sneakers, my socks, you know, everything good to go. And when I put the drinks and things like that in the, Refrigerator, I also put something like in front of the door to remind me that they're there so that I don't leave things behind. Coffee ready to go, everything. I just have to flip, you know, a switch and things are ready to go. All of this makes a difference because you want to be as relaxed as possible. Stress is a choice. 
control what you can. I have music. I have so many different things to set the atmosphere so that I am in the right frame of mind to start a race. All right? So, let's get to the race and get this over with. Perfect morning. Absolutely perfect morning. So I wake up and I have another, that second baggie filled with oatmeal. Now, by the way, (laughs) I have to laugh because as I'm preparing all this stuff, the Gatorade powder and stuff like that, it's spilling a little bit in the bathroom. And I have to think that, you know, even though many of the hotel workers know that there's a race going on, it looks like there's something less, uh, you know, on the up and up that went on in that room. Uh, if you don't know what those powders are. But anyway, I uh, just laughed a little bit about that. So another 500 calories of oatmeal. And this is at 5.30. And the race is at around, yeah, 5.30 to 6 a.m. And I got two hours to digest it. And that's it. I don't want to take in too much food. This is where it's so individual. What do I eat before a race? What do I eat before a workout? Start with carbs. Body's preferred energy source. Some people have some protein. I don't. I don't. Uh, I just, as straightforward as carbohydrate source as I can get as plain, that carbo-force drink, the carbs from the oatmeal. Sometimes I will have a banana, things like that, but oatmeal has worked phenomenally for me recently. And it's changed over time. Just know that it changes as well, just like everything else does. All right. Take in the breakfast get in the car, go to the race, meet up with the friend from high school. Now the friend who I travel with faster, you know, finished way before me at the rim to rim to rim at the Grand Canyon, ran by myself for, you know, almost a full day, which was a little scary. And, you know, again, if you haven't heard that episode, please, I think you'll get a kick out of that. But I've got the one shirt on because it's a little chilly in this 50s. And so I have a long sleeve shirt. By the way, this is when you do a lot of races, you keep the shirts for this very reason. So many of the race shirts, now, any of you race directors out there, I apologize for saying it, but they're not always great. (laughs) They're bad colors. They're bad designs. You keep them for races where you wear them before to stay warm. Then when the gun goes off, you toss them. And a lot of times they donate those clothes, like the beginning of the New York City Marathon and big marathons like that. Oh my gosh. They donate tons of clothes to charities and stuff like that. So all I had to wear was one long sleeve shirt right before the gun goes off, drop that with a bunch of other clothes that people were leaving behind and we're off. Perfect weather. So I had no excuse. I just had the most spectacular day. But let me give you the highlights too. Running with the friend and I said to him at the start, do you mind if I run with you? And if you ever want to, you know, go faster, go slower, take off, want to be by yourself, you have these discussions if you run races with friends and family and things like that. We ended up running the whole thing together. Amazing. But I have weak ankles. And I rolled my ankle hard twice, really badly. And those of you who have done this before know it hurts, almost like sprained it, pretty darn close. But I've done this so often, and I almost fell both times, that You know, the guy, friend I was running with was, you know, are you okay? Are you want to stop? I go, no, I know that if I keep running, it'll be okay. And this is experience. And this is not focusing on that, dwelling on that. And I have to say that I never, ever will do anything that will hurt me long-term, that will jeopardize my health and wellness. Nothing in a race, never. I know you may find that hard to believe, but it's absolutely true. I'm 52, and I'm going to be doing this when I'm 102. All right, so roll the ankles, hurts. I go, I've done this before. I'm okay, just keep running. You know, you start slowly, kind of shake it off, and you keep running. But then we're going down really technical downhill, and it's a little slippery. And it was a moment where they were, there were the most runners around us than had been and were after that. So I had a huge audience and I went down hard. I hooked my toe on a, on a route and it was steep downhill. We were going semi-fast and I knew I was in the air. You know, a lot of times you stumble, you stumble nonstop throughout these events when you're running through the woods. And sometimes you, most times you don't fall, but you know, I went down a handful of times. This was the first one and it was bad. You know, I mean, I landed well or so I thought, 
got up. I did I, actually the Chevy Chase from vacation where he's harassing the guy in the bar. The bartender shoots him, pretends, you know, the blanks and Chevy Chase drops and then jumps up and goes, I'm okay. Exactly what I did. Got a laugh out of everyone. And then I'm like, ooh, I did something. So I really hurt my ribs. And, you know, I'm pressing on them right now. I can feel, I can feel it. I knew I hadn't broken them. I've never done anything to my ribs in the past, but it hurt to run. Hurt a little bit to breathe. Definitely hurt to laugh. And I got, you know, worried for a couple seconds. And then I just kept running. And it was challenging for an hour or two. And slowly over time, it went away. And so every race, every event has one, two, 20 of those falls, pains, moments, obstacles. And I always also think like, okay, what am I going to, even if I want to quit, I have to at least get to the next aid station. I'm in the middle of the woods. So at the very least, I got to walk or run to the next aid station, then I can quit. But I didn't have to. And I've had those issues before. And again, nothing was broken. It hurt, hurt a lot, still hurts a little bit now, but that's the fun, as crazy as it sounds. And that's what makes you strong among so many other things, just finishing the race itself. But it is these confluence of all these obstacles coming together, big and small, that give you that confidence and make you want to come back because you accomplished something. You go, wow, I didn't quit. And that really hurt. And I had my excuse if I wanted it. I don't want it. And I know that I can control that and compartmentalize it. And just focus on the incredible weather and scenery and atmosphere and the fact that, hey, I am healthy enough to run and fortunate enough to do this race. There's a lot of people that aren't. And so I kept running. And yeah, it hurt for a while and slowly didn't hurt as much, still was there. And I put it on the back burner and used all those mental tips and tricks that I've talked about before self talk and things like that to make it better, all right? There was an aid station that was beer only. <laughs> we, kept, we heard all this music, we're in the woods, and we knew an aid station was coming up, and I'm like, oh my gosh, that has to be it, right? Loud, blaring rock music, and then I thought and said out loud, like, oh, that would be really cruel if it wasn't the aid station. Well, it wasn't the aid station, it was an aid station, and it was beer only. Now, I've come across things like this in past events, and I normally don't partake, and you know, I wasn't there to go fast, so I stopped. We stopped, had a quick IPA, took about 30 seconds, wasn't a full beer, but it was part of the whole experience. And what was so incredible, because I stuck to my plan of hydration and nutrition, and I had the Gatorade and I had the gels and I stopped at the aid stations and fueled up and, you know, I drank their version of Gatorade as well, which, oh my God, tasted horrible. And again, that's not something you generally do. You don't do something new on race day, especially when it comes to nutrition. But I do sometimes. Why? To learn and to get that confidence even stronger, knowing that I can try different things and do different things and it's going to work. And let me say this to those of you who are doing these type of events, especially if you're just starting out, you want to be hydrated and you want to take in calories and if anything, in my opinion and experience, you want to overshoot it rather than undershoot it. Better it comes back up to be very graphic than try to catch up when you are bonking and dehydrated. So I'm going to eat whatever I need to eat if I don't have anything to eat. But you bring as much as you can with you and you try to stay as self-contained as you can because you cannot rely on those aid stations, by the way to have what you need when you need it. Actually, the first aid station we came to, they had already run out of water or were running out. He said, you know, said, please don't fill up. <laughs> so you take what you can with you. And that is a metaphor for life as well. Can't rely on having what you want when you need it. So you want to have as much with you mentally and physically as you can to get through those moments and those times, all right? All right, so final takeaways. So many positives, so many positives. 
you know, I've gotten to the point when people ask me why I do these things. It's hard to answer, <laughs> but I answer in these podcasts now. Collecting experiences. There's not one downside. I got to travel. I got to reconnect with a friend. I got to spend more time with that newfound rim-to-rim friend. Perfect training for my upcoming event. I mean, to think of running seven hours, you know, from my house in my neighborhood, just saying it out loud makes me sick. Just mentally boredom. So I got to, you know, drive a couple hours, you know, train with a handful of amazing people and their bikers on the course at the same time. Just incredible. You know, I had to, it catered every five or six miles was an aid station for me. Don't have that at home. And it built so much more self-efficacy, another building block. And that is the most important part. Yeah, the health, of course, it is healthy too, by the way, people. When you do it right, when you go slow, when you stretch, when you cross train, when you take in the right nutrition. I know it's counterintuitive for many of you to think that running that far and frequently can, you know, be healthy. It is if you know what you're doing and you do it right. But even more than that, it was the confidence that I get at the end of every single race. Knowing, hey, you know, I fell hard. And I fell a bunch of times after that, but that was the worst. I didn't hurt myself. A little bloody and stuff, but just knees. And those things become smaller. If I didn't fall and hurt my ribs, the knees might have been or would have been a bigger issue. They're not a big deal at all. It's like you're eight years old again. You're playing on a weekend in the woods. And speaking of kids, my kids know that dad did that. Come home with a medal and a bib number and you're, you know, a little beaten up. We have to be great role models for our kids and show them that we challenge ourselves, that we eat healthy, that we live that lifestyle. And I was amazed that my legs did not even start to feel anything, again, going slow, but till mile 29, big hill right at the end. I go, okay, now I, I'm starting to feel the quads. The training is working, even at 52. I got up and did a easy hour-long bike ride the next day, which is not something I used to do after marathons and things like that. And you should rest and recover. But I knew that this was going to make me feel better. Super easy, super easy bike ride, just spinning the legs out, as we call it. But my point is at 52, I'm feeling good and so can you. You got to challenge yourself. You got to think past what I had to think past, the shin splints as a kid and all of the negative messages and coaches and people told me I couldn't do things. Yes, you can. And these things are for you, first and foremost. When I talk about not caring about my time, this is, there'll always be someone who's faster. There'll always be someone who, no matter how fast you go, puts you down for it. Who cares? I got to spend an incredible day running and being outside and doing healthy things and spending time with a friend. And I encourage you to not only focus on your fitness and your nutrition, but find these challenges, find these experiences that you can start collecting for all the reasons I outlined, and especially for building that self-efficacy. All right. Went on way longer <laughs> than I expected, but I love what I do. And I will be doing it, as I said, till I'm 102 and way beyond. And my goal is to educate, to motivate, and hopefully inspire you to figure out your thing and to live your best life. All right. Thank you for listening. If you want to reach out, Tom H. Fit is Instagram and Twitter. Tom H. Fit can message me through there. Fitnessdisrupted.com. You can email me through the site. Please follow the show. Comment, rate. Anything you can do to support the show is greatly appreciated. Thank you. And remember, there are three things we all control. How much we move, what we put into our mouths, and our attitudes. And that is awesome. I am Tom Holland. This is Fitness Disrupted. Believe in yourself. Fitness Disrupted is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. The following is a high-five moment from HighFiveCasino.com. Welcome to Burger Yippee. Would you like a hot apple pie today? Yes, yes, yeah, I won! Woohoo! So that's a yes on the apple pie? I just went big time playing High Five Casino on my phone. Real cash prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. Yeah. So yes or no on the apple pie? Whoa! <laughs> I won again! I'll take that as a yes. Drive around. Have you had your High Five moment today? Only at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino. Are you feeling overwhelmed by anxiety, struggling to find restful sleep, or plagued by a restless inability to focus? It's time to break free from the chains of mental health challenges and discover a path to healthy living. Welcome to Amen University, founded by renowned psychiatrist and brain health expert, Dr. Daniel Amen. Dr. Amen, alongside a team of esteemed doctors and experts in their fields, understands the struggles you're facing and are here to offer solutions. From debilitating anxiety to sleepless nights filled with worry, our courses are meticulously crafted to target these specific challenges head on. Join us on a journey of transformation led by Dr. Amen and a roster of top-tier professionals. Say goodbye to the constant battle with your mind and embrace a future filled with hope and possibility. Visit our website today to explore our courses and start your journey towards a brighter tomorrow. Use code BRAIN10 and get 10% off. That's code BRAIN10 and get 10% off your first purchase. Amen University, because your mental health matters. During the Right Rug Flooring Hello Summer Sale, you'll find savings throughout the store, all backed by the right price guarantee, including carpet with a lifetime stain warranty, only $159 installed with pad. That's right, $159 includes expert installation as soon as tomorrow. Visit rightrug.com, R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com to find a showroom near you or schedule a free in-home shopping appointment. Say hello to summer and save. Right Rug Flooring, right here, right now.